It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Jason Robel and Whitney Lordson. Red leather, yellow leather, red, red leather, vegan leather, leather, yellow vegan leather. Toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. Six <laughs> seashells on a seashore, swimming sailingly. Do you know what my, that version of theater that I had of that was? Um, the sixth, the sixth sheiks. Six what? sheep are sick. The sixth sheiks. Six sheep are sick. The sixth sheik. Si- the sheiks. The six wow. sheiks, six, six sheep, sheep are sick. sick. Oh my God. Oh, and it was, it man. was the most, and in theater, I felt like I was a cunning linguist. Like I had very, like my tongue and my mouth and my whole, uh, you did your exercise. I was orally fixated as a thespian, Whoa. but the six sheiks, sixth sheiks, six sheep are sick was, it was abominable. I remember my theater teacher gave that to me and I was like, you are a masochist and I must be too for accepting this challenge. She knew that you could handle it. She saw your mouth move and she said, let me, let me give that beautiful mouth something to chew on. And me, you're still chewing. And I, I really appreciate but that. But my question to you is, with your Persian heritage, being of the blood of the sheiks and the Sufis and the great wise men of the Persian lineage, is it easier for you to say that because of your, the Persian blood in your tongue? Hmm. It is easier for me to feel it and say it um no no it's not (laughs) i grew up in this culture actually you know my mom was born in iran she's actually iraqi born in iran it's a long story it's another podcast and uh when she learned english she learned it english english like proper uk english oh really? not that she had that accent the there's just different grammar and then the first place she moved here in America was Texas. She couldn't understand anything anyone was saying. Somehow in the translation, she'll swap words. Yeah, like I grew up and we would be in a rush to get to school. My mom would say, hurry up, the ring is going to bell. You know, because... And and they're so endearing. I I love that. And she'll still like do some cute slips where she lets you know, hey, I'm not not from around here. It's good. (laughs) So can I say that maybe in Farsi... You find that for me in Farsi, and I'll see if we can play with our mouths with that. Do you speak Farsi? Very, very little. Just mostly bad words. Isn't that funny that I feel that's such a common thing is when you start to pick up pieces of a new language, it's generally the swear words? It's greetings, like, hello, how are you? Maybe where's the bathroom? And <laughs> your mother's a fucking cunt. Please put your... Whoa. Yeah, but they don't tell you. Your cousins don't tell you that's what they're saying. They're they saying, don't. this is how you ask for a cookie. And, and how do you say it? I don't, I don't speak these things. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think uh, there's a fine line between cookie and cunt. And, and what's, what's, I feel uncomfortable. That, speaking of uncomfortable, that's an uncomfortable word. You got to spend some time in New Zealand. Why? Is that, it's that just, word's not a big deal? Nah. You're like it's a term of endearment. Is it? Is, is it, it really? Like, it really is, it, like all seriousness. Like your mom's a great cunt. No, you it, can say it's that. It's a term of endearment. Yeah, it's you're like not a kidding descriptive. It, there's like a pull your own weight kind of thing. It's really loose. Hmm. 
Hmm. I didn't know we were going to jump in so fast, guys. Wow, this is what we do on this. Well, this podcast. is yeah. So it, it just we might have lost some listeners. They're well, like, we, I'm well, we, this well, well, we, I'm we might here. well we might have, but you know, the <laughs> the intention is that we we here on this might get uncomfortable. Go there because yep. that's the name of it. And yep. I often feel, in terms of the energy behind words, I often feel that words themselves are obviously our attempt to try and describe reality, but intrinsically, I feel that language is neutral. Mm. But the collective agreement of what those words mean, or perhaps the reflection of what the individual believes they mean, give it energy and power. But I strongly believe that one can deliver a word. Um, Osho has a great uh, YouTube video about this, about the word fuck, and all of the connotations and meanings behind the word fuck, and the energy and inflection and purpose and intention of which you use that word can drastically change the meaning of it. Mm. So I, I feel like whether we're using these these curse words and, and whether people decide to unsubscribe or what they will do, you know, to me, language is just a very neutral thing. And it's how we wield it and the meaning we assign to it and the energy with which we deliver that word mm-hmm. that colors it to me. But I think, I think it's neutral, honestly. Speaking of neutral, too... Our intention is to release this episode on Valentine's Day. I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) Ask the master chocolatier for an inner uh, conversation. Mm, Caught myself. And when are we going to release it? Well, how obvious. I mean, it is a little obvious, but. Well, slightly obvious, but it wasn't fully intentional. I was just going through the schedule trying to figure out what episodes were going to come out when and when we need to submit them to the editor. And then I said to Jason, hey, you know, we have a few episodes. Oh, I almost said it myself. We have a few podcast guests coming up. Which one should be on Valentine's Day? Because it's a Friday and that's when we do our guest episodes. And uh, we both thought that you should be the Valentine's Day episode. episode. But interestingly enough, on this topic of words, we also have a lot of holidays. We have really big holidays that the entire world celebrates, right? We have some holidays that are national. Or regional. Yep. And then we have a bunch of random, almost every single day, there's a quote unquote holiday, like National Popcorn Day. Actually, I just pulled that out of my ass, but I swear to God, I'm pretty sure that today, that the day that we're recording is National Popcorn Day. This is actually- Almost 100% sure. It's a great marketing tool because you can create, there's a database you can submit to create your own holiday. (gasps) Seriously. Uh, Yeah. I was actually thinking about that this afternoon because tomorrow- just to, I'm liking the curviness of this conversation. Tomorrow is a is the twentieth, right? Um, January twentieth, January twentieth, two thousand twenty. And I just want to say, I confirmed we're recording on January nineteenth, and tech, I guess it is National Popcorn Day today. Good we're, God, we might get fact checked so, on that. Yeah, I'm okay be. with it. We I had popcorn be. last night to prepare. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually what I had for dinner last night. It just happens sometimes. Dinner, popcorn for <laughs> okay. dinner. So, Impressive. So tomorrow, as of the day that we're recording, is January 20th. Which is a special day. Which is Martin is it, Luther King Day? Well, just that it's a 20. I actually celebrate. Two so for 20, me personally, 20, yeah. I celebrate the 20th of every month as a holiday slash holy Why? day. So my birthday is June 20th, which is awesome. Because, you know, a lot of times when you're born on a specific day, there's a resonance to yes. it. Yes. So that's all well and good. Summer solstice coming into that last day of spring. Yes. So there's a holiday embedded in my day of birth. Right. I was also born on Father's Day, which is cool. My wife, Zoe, she was born on 320, so March 20th. And I'm I'm March 21st. So you're uh, that's right. I remember this. So you're also a um, an equinoxer. Mm -hmm. 
and Equinox are not. Yep. You may go to the gym, Equinox. No, nope. they may sponsor this <laughs> podcast. That'd be cool. That would we are open to this. I like Equinox. We're open to that okay. Equinox. So th- there's that instant like, oh, you're 20. Also, we had this whole hmm. Uh, right when you met. When we met, yeah. And then we had a child who was born on September 20th. <gasps> oh my goodness! Did you oh know that? Jason? No, I did not know this. He's fact. on the Whoa. the autumn equinox. Did you? Ma- did, were you like you better push him out on the 20th? <laughs> it was more like a you're disbelief. just talking. You were just the vagina whisperer, weren't you? You're like, baby, I come have on, my come ways. On, come on. <laughs> no, I, 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 it was such a funny thing because during that day when Zoe started going into labor, there was a little bit of a. It was the day before she started going to labor, and there was a little disbelief of like, well, the odds of you having our baby on the 20th are pretty good unless this takes way long or way short so he was born on the 20th so we've just decided as a family and as the yes family one of our yes holidays or actually 12 of our yes holidays every 20th we do something special okay we should just dive right into what the yes family means so because we don't really do proper introductions when we have people on the podcast because we don't want it to feel like this this interview, you know, structured thing, but we'd love some background for the listener. Talk about what yes means to you personally and professionally. Yeah. What is the philosophy and ethos of yes? The word itself, yes, everyone has a a feeling about. I think it's a really powerful word. We use it similar to what we're saying with the intention behind things, behind words specifically. The word yes has this opening, this permission. It has also this contrast with the word no, which is contracting. I like to say that yes turns doors into doorways. I like to say that yes is a word that we use. It's a three-letter word that we use to describe this immense, almost indescribable sensation, kind of like saying God or yes, or it's also one of the things, I think the top three things that people say when they're orgasming. Yeah, so there's like a lot of power to this. What you mentioned too, you mentioned, oh God, you mentioned yes. What's the third thing? You said top three. Oh, God, yes and fuck. Oh, how interesting. Yeah, and Zoe's a sexologist. Well, she got her degree in sexology. I don't know that she's claimed the title sexologist. I'm a yesologist. I study what happens when we say yes. I love that. I feel like that needs to be the title of this episode. The yesologist. Being a yesologist, yeah. (laughs) There's a the the study of yes is such a deep inquiry into how we make decisions. And this is really where I've been coming and I've been doing a bunch of research on the neuroscience of the word yes and about words in general, actually words specifically. And uh, one of the things that I learned recently was that we make thirty five thousand decisions a day. Obviously, no wonder like we're so 90, exhausted. Ninety-five yeah, percent of them are totally in the subconscious, <laughs> right? Which is, we could come back to the intention of words and the way that the subconscious perceives those two, which mm. is like that's a whole nother curious conundrum of conversation and language falling short or really missing the mark. So, we make all these decisions, thirty-five thousand decisions, and each of them really comes down to a yes or a no. I mean, mm-hmm. either we're gonna turn left or turn or we're going to go we're going to do this yes or no mm-hmm. we're um, going to I'm going to pick yeah. up the fork or I'm going to pick up the spoon you know there's all these yes no's and I've just been really zooming deep 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 into the micro yes because it's actually really easy to you know your fuck yes you know your fuck no mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. there's some gray area in between, which is where a lot of my my curiosity lies. Yeah, and then in general, clear cancelly, not in general. What I'm wanting to do in the field of yesology, and as I share this, is for people to be able to find their yes, because that yes is your flow. When you know your yes and you're able to make the consistent decisions one after the next, there's a momentum that happens and synchronicity drops in. Your mm-hmm. timing is on point. People are attracted. There's a magnetism. It's a very, very powerful sensation to be on your yes flow. Do you think that's part of the reason anxiety, maybe one of the causes or maybe maybe decisions are becoming harder and harder? I don't Based on your research, there has been such a big increase in anxiety in our culture. Option paralysis. Right. Yeah. Big time. We just have so many options these days. Right. So it's more important than, other, than ever to know where you're rooted and to know your pillars of how you make decisions and who you are through that decision. And we have this fear of missing out, right? I, mean, I don't. I don't have that. So just, some know, people, I yes. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Sometimes I have <laughs> I was I like, like, wow. The new title of the episode is The Cure for FOMO. Yeah. Like, right. I know there's so many good episode titles. Well, how are well, you to pick? I think this brings up an interesting set of questions because in making choices, we are narrowing our field of vision and we are intrinsically narrowing the available options. If we choose, say, a a monogamous romantic relationship, for instance, we are, by saying yes to that person and that structure, automatically not saying yes or saying no, I'm curious your your take on Mm -hmm. that, to the other available options by making that choice. So is part of declaring one's yes for some people the fear of, am I making the wrong decision by saying no to these other options? Like in your analysis of the psychology behind this. Jason, I just have to pause. It is so cute. You're getting so into this, and every time you're you're touching your glasses like a professor. <laughs> I also noticed that, Did you notice and then that? I noticed it was your so glasses, good. and I was listening to the words you were saying, and I was thinking, "Damn, those are some nice glasses. Thank I you, like Justin. the frames." And I was really listening. I was really yeah, following. I was really I was listening, but man, the gl- you kept bringing so much attention <laughs> to your so glasses. And just I was subconscious. Like, Gesticulation yeah. also has a lot to do with language, and we're in a podcast. So as you're listening to this. Well, we will have oh, a video we're too. A conversation. We are having <laughs> it just a conversation. That it's being recorded. And <laughs> yes, <shared>. exactly. Right. <laughs> yes, yeah, so they could watch the video, which will be at in the show notes at wellevator.com, W E L L E V A T R. Just look for the podcast show notes. You can watch the video and see Jason's amazing gestures because he looks like he's a professor. Now, thank you, my <laughs> friends, for pointing out that subconscious tick of me adjusting my no, glasses. No. And not in, to make in, you feel subconscious. No, 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 it's, no, no, it's actually no, no, like... No, I said subconscious, not okay. self-conscious. Like Got pointing it. out... Because I wasn't realizing it was a subconscious Yeah, thing. I like I it. You keep doing awareness. it. Awareness. Don't stop. Yeah, <laughs> please don't stop. <laughs> we like this more that studious must be the fourth version thing. of you. The fourth thing people say during sex. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Yeah. Don't stop. <laughs> that's, that's a... Yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. So the, to condense the original question, in your psychological analysis of, of the nature of yes is one of the biggest fears, and I'm curious what your observation is around people's fears of this offshoot of FOMO of if I say yes to this and drop my anchor, so to speak, by making a decision, I'm afraid that I've, quote, made the wrong decision or that I'm shutting all these other doors by intrinsically saying yes to this one thing. What is your feeling on that? This sounds like the practical definition of hesitation. Go on. So I I actually take this same concept uh, when we say yes to something we're saying no to 
a finite number, but a very large number of different options and opportunities. Yes. Mm -hmm. And through a, a linear cognitive space, we would think, oh, I'm saying no to all these things. That's bad. Or I'm losing my options and options are freedom and not but. And that to me means that that yes that you're declaring is greater than a million no's. The impact of this, saying yes to this gets the, the power and the momentum of the boundary of all of that stuff that could be factoring into option paralysis, all of these things, like even in the monogamy space. And I've had all kinds of experiences, uh, both polyamorous and monogamous. And my wife and I right now are monogamous, heterosexual, and committed partners, hmm. um, which was my Burning Man name the last time we went together. It was just monogamous, heterosexual, committed relationship. Just keeps it clear. Wow. And um, unambiguous, yes. And unambiguous. But that mm -hmm. also, that is such a service. That's such a beautiful thing to offer people where you're saying, this is my boundary. So we're saying yes to one thing. We're saying then no to millions of things. That puts a lot of weight and power on that yes. And within that yes, we can have it. It has its own infinity of possibility. Hmm. Infinity so, of possibility. Another title, possibility yep. for That's the. That's what I was thinking. The, <laughs> wow. So just How do to we pick? Um, take that meta and that kind of high level and bring it into the practicality. When we're making decisions with fear, motivated by fear, we're pretty much asking for a karmic lesson. Mm. We're Whoa. not making it super. You know, when there's yeah. fear embedded in it, I'm making this because I don't want this thing to happen or there's, I'm afraid this is going to happen. So I'm mm. going to kind of hedge my bets and make an insurance bet. Yes. We're going to have, there's going to be a little grit to sandpaper through generally and in, in from what I've observed, even in my own life. And I'm pretty aware these days of when I have the fear come in. And that just might mean not ready to make this decision yet if it's a big enough decision. But not making a decision is also a decision. Well, right? there's mm. a decision to gather more information. Mm -hmm. There's no right way to do this. This is a study. There's no destination in the, on the road of yes, on the yes road. There's no destination so much as just a self-inquiry. Did you actually, read Chandra, Chandra Rhymes' book, A Year of Yes? You know, I audiobook a Me lot. Me too. That's how I listen to it, actually. I listened to about 25 minutes of it. And I was, I just didn't relate at all. Mm, mm -hmm. uh, and it just could have been who I am and where I am. I don't have an obstacle to yes. As she does, which was the whole point of her book. Like for right? me, I'm like, yeah. a year of yes, that's like, I'm going to do a cleanse and then I'm going to go back to some like, right? you know, there's yeah. a little bit of a, I'm making a definitive line. I'm going to do this radical thing called saying yes. And actually, I don't, I think she was just saying yes to get her away from saying no so much. Right. It was like building a new habit for herself. It also, we can put a, a flag in the sand here and say saying yes or being a yesologist means we actually say no a lot. Right. Because you need to protect your yes. Yep. The fidelity of that yes is kind of all we have in our decision currency. Jason, every time I hear the word decisions these days, I think of that TikTok video you'd made with your dog, Bella. Oh, the decision song. Yeah. Well, I'll have to play that yep. for you. Show notes. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll the show put notes that in the too, show notes, yeah. wellevator.com. 
It's uh, a very weird video. Have you gotten into TikTok at all, Justin? I have only observed the TikTok. And? And then questioned, do I need to do this? (laughs) Do I need to learn the TikTok? And I was like, so far the decision would be a fear Mm. based decision. Like, I'm going to miss out on something. I need to do this. And because I'm like, "Mm, I really, I don't know that TikTok is my best venue for the message that I have. I mean, I like long mm. form better anyways. Right. Yeah, it's interesting too. I think I think a lot about that when it comes to social media is there's so much fear of missing out. Am I, if I don't post on social media, we actually, this came up in our episode with Paige, which we'll link to in the show notes if you haven't listened to that yet. And Paige was talking about this fear of taking a break from social media. You know, she's afraid to stop and take a rest. Right, because then I the think algorithm I'll, will be skewed and then she'll have to start over and build momentum again and people will forget about you and there's yeah. a litany of fears that can arise from that mm. type of yeah. thinking. That sounds heavy. I think it's really heavy and I think, it again, that's another thing that seems to contribute to anxiety, the need, which Jason and I talk about hustle a lot and how there's this hustle culture. Mm. Like you always have to go, go, go. And you should only sleep four hours a night if you want to succeed. And, you know, a lot of different mentalities on on what it means to be successful or what does it mean to get your message out? What does it mean to work hard? How to outwork each other? All these different things that come up a lot for entrepreneurs. And I think that we're, the three of us are, are in this interesting place where we have each been entrepreneurial for 10 plus years and there's a new, whole new wave of entrepreneurship happening with with especially teenagers and 20-year-olds who are now recognizing that how much power they have and starting businesses based on social media and online businesses. And so I feel like the hustle mindset is perhaps being reinforced a lot because people feel like if they don't continuously produce, 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 and they're on all these different platforms, they will lose relevancy. Mm-hmm. And so it's like this not only consumption, this overconsumption of digital media, but the constant creation that people are making and, and maybe not getting in touch with their whys and their the roots of why they feel like they need to do that. And my ongoing question is, do you really need to do all of that? Is it necessary? If I may jump on this because, you know, Justin, you are using cacao and your creative genius with Yes Cacao as the minister of chocolate to spread the message of yes and the power of yes through cacao. So as building on Whitney's question, as an entrepreneur who is making a physical consumable product with a very Mm. specific intention, like an ultra clear intention behind it, what has that push and pull been like for you to have a, a physical consumable product, to want to obviously get it into as many mouths and hearts and minds as possible, I mean, I've obviously, we both, Whitney and I have observed it from afar, but not having actually been in the chocolate factory with you. As a piggyback on her question, what, my God, what has that journey been like? What is it like to have something you want to physically get into people's bodies and the challenges and the hopes and the dreams and the sorrows? And I mean, the whole, I have no idea what it's like to be a chocolate maker. I can only observe (laughs) in awe of what you are doing and have done. And I know that's a loaded question, but what the hell has that been like to have taken this journey and this mission on for yourself? What is that like? Especially in the midst of a, a changing time where we have access to food like never before, 
right? I mean, anybody can get practically anything from all around the world. And then we have social media, which gives us a whole new marketing medium, but also creates a lot more decisions. Yeah, there's a lot of questions embedded in there. So I guess, what's it like to be the minister of chocolate? Maybe that's a simpler... In a nutshell. <laughs> in a nutshell. Yeah, that was a lot of questions, and it yeah. was great to well, you, track my... It's a conversation. So, yeah, we, we, yeah, we had... discussed. We're curious. I'm also Maestro. curious, actually. You know, I've, I've been doing this for a decade, and uh, it came through... It is a truly organic outcropping of... I love cacao. I love people. I love herbs, teas, flowers, adaptogens before that was even like a term, right? In doing an inquiry, I was waking up every morning and saying, I only do what I love. I only do what I love. And that evolved into, I only do what serves God's love or the love that is going to be felt through as many ripples of humans as possible. And it became this expansive journey of just following my yes and creating these different formulas and putting them into cacao and then sharing them. And most of it being done in person, one-to-one, uh, farmer's markets, making custom batches for people, which to this day is still probably the funnest part of Yes Cacao, was sitting down with someone for an hour, figuring out what's going on in their life, be it a health challenge or a goal triathlon, a TED talk, um, writing a book, whatever it might be, and then creating a 30-day or you know some time period, 21 or 27-day chocolate protocol that was basically, here are your herbs. You need to take them. You're not, you might not take them if they're just in pills or if they're a powder or something, but if I put them in a chocolate bar, you're going to eat them every day. Yep. Genius. I love that. And you know, Mm -hmm. something that I've been reflecting as this last decade came to a close, I went the last season of fall was a lot of really good, really deep, really uncomfortable reflection and and introspection. And I had gotten away and and all along the way telling myself, I don't want to move away from the thing that really is at the core of my mission here. And that is the person to person piece. And I am a chocolate maker who has not really been commercially making my own chocolate for some years now because too many hats. Like if I'm going to be doing my social media and I'm going to be doing my accounting and I'm going to be doing our promotions and our our marketing and managing stores and then, you know, bringing people on at different parts to help, but also not doing that traditional way of entrepreneurialism these days where you raise a chunk of capital and then deploy a plan. This was because it started so organic, it was like, okay, well, some money came in, and I'm going to do this mm-hmm. thing. And definitely way more difficult to do it in that way, because there's the unpredictability of when chunks come in to launch forward and to move forward. And so as I was filling out the last few days of 2019, I was like, man, I want to bring this so much closer. I want to bring it so just deeper in. And like, so we're here in San Francisco because the fancy food show is going on. In a couple months, there's the Expo West show. And I yes. love these these events for the people connection. But when I think about this food system, which is deeply, deeply broken, where I want to connect with a human being with this super special product that I'm not just like making as a commodity. I'm really making this as deeply to be felt as deeply in all of your sensational wonders of your palate and then beyond 
treating your brain like it actually wants to have neuroplasticity. I'm treating your joints like there's, oh, let's add some flexibility and some cartilage, anti-inflammatory responses. And so I was just like, I don't want to sell my product in stores. I just don't. I mean, some stores, yes, we have great relationships with a lot of our stores we're in. Do you have a favorite store? Ooh. Hmm. Or just one. It doesn't have to be the best one in your opinion, but what's what comes to your mind when you, like, you know, tune into your heart? I live in Santa Cruz. And so in Santa Cruz, I really dig the vibe at Staff of Life. Oh, I love Staff of Life. It's got, and I used to go to Staff of Life when I went to school in Santa Cruz 20 years ago. You're a banana slug. I'm a banana slug. And I collect banana what slugs. What does that mean? That's the school mascot at UCSC, <laughs> the yeah, banana yeah. slugs, made okay. probably most famous by John Travolta wearing the shirt in Pulp Fiction. Oh. Mm. A yep. close second, the viral video on YouTube, Slug Sex. <laughs> <laughs> Link to that in the show notes. Have you seen? <laughs> have you seen? It's like a National Geographic style super macro lens. And it's these two slugs or banana slugs. I'm pretty sure they're banana slugs. Like making love and just all over each other. They actually, their whole body turns into a sexual organ. (laughs) It's a really, I'm so proud to be a banana slug. Wow. (laughs) Maybe that should be the title. That's an intro curriculum when you enroll at UCSC. How to turn your entire body into a sexual organ. (laughs) I'm pretty sure Money well spent. Money well spent. In the... uh, what do you call it when you, like, before you even start school, they give you, like, the whole, there's the welcome packet, there's, <laughs> and there's the manual on how to turn your body into a <laughs> I no wonder say, that school's so popular. Just to pull it back to the favorite store thing, I am, at least in Northern California, Good Earth is such a phenomenal, phenomenal offering. And everything in their deli... Where's that? Fairfax, Marin. yes. There's two locations, one in Mill Valley and one in Fairfax. Oh, yes, So yes, if yes. we go, it's funny because Mill Valley keeps coming up in our consciousness lately. Mill Valley. Yeah, it, it, there's a repetition with Mill Valley. Yep. That, well, we're that's meant, a whole other side conversation. We're meant to but, go there and maybe record another podcast yeah, there. Okay, true. so. Everything organic in that store. Yeah. And to put another depth, um, depthful layer is, so we've had on our package 99% organic for a long time for several years and we don't have the usda organic seal because they won't give it to us why won't won't they give give it it to you why some of the ingredients that we use are rare and exotic like blue lotus or actually sheila jeet did come into the usda organic purview okay but uh gynostema tea no organic not there it's not on the grass list it's like some weird loophole Hmm. where you know which is a norm it's a tea that's drank by millions of people it's typically grown in either china or thailand things grown in thailand i think it's pretty difficult to get organic certification there unless you bring a u.s certifier there which can be pretty pricey sometimes 20 25 grand my goodness and then yeah there's we just use a lot of herbs and teas and there were a handful of them, pine pollen also, which for whatever reason, the USDA, their organization or the representatives we were working with kept on getting it confused with bee pollen. And they're like, why aren't you using organic? Because it's available. And I'm like, no, pine pollen is a wild foraged thing. Mm. Generally, you're, you're actually in a pine forest and you're shaking off the pollen. So for whatever reason, and months and months and so much conversation, and they won't give us the USDA organic. 
So it's, it's super frustrating because if I wanted to be in stores, this is part of the reason. Uh, a lot of time a buyer is really looking for what are those certifications that are going to help make it easier for mm-hmm. their customer yep. to purchase. If I'm not going to be there at the aisle talking to every single person. Right, right. It's so, like Air One is one of those stores that's super strict. Super strict. Yeah. And it's like I'm saying, no, no, everything in here is meticulously selected. And it's not a marketing thing where we're just saying we get the best quality. Like I've been in this for over a decade sifting through and sorting through and sometimes a company gets purchased by another company and their source changes and my tongue is the one that figures it out mm. before i hear and i'm like what that is different then something's different and so wow you know in that way the social media venue is so if that's that is what is available as a tool and as a platform mm-hmm. to connect directly with human beings so we've actually pulled back we're actually in a very different place for Yes Cacao. We're opening a Yes shop in Santa Cruz, which I'm super stoked about. <gasps> Wait, probably- what does I just that got mean? super excited. <laughs> oh my God. Does Yes Is shop it- mean like like more than chocolate? Like more than chocolate. Like, it's a whole like left- yes everything. It's your yes life. <gasps> what are the things that you cool. want to have in there? You know, from books to beautiful works of art paintings, some food items. I, I'll be making stuff all the time that I'll just be sharing because I think when someone comes into the Yes shop, there's got to be a full sensory experience. Oh, yeah. Like a picnic bench in the middle and you got like your animal spirit cards and tarot cards. We're doing deep dives and it's my office. So like the front half of it is a retail and the back half is, is the office. So that's opening... Tentatively, the day that we have selected to open it is Friday the seventh of February. Oh, I was I was about to say the twentieth. I was like I was like it's going to be the twentieth, right? This soon? Like, yeah, as in like I've been working on it for a while. Wait, is this your first public announcement of this? Correct. Oh my god! Yeah. No, so, it had that energy when you said it. I freaked out not only because I would be there, but also I'm like I think he's telling like the public this for the first time wow i think i perspired a little bit when i said it too so that's a good sign <laughs> no that's i mean tis the nature of the podcast yeah uh, you got a little J- Justin, uncomfortable this is fantastic wow uh my god so i was thinking about this for a while i was actually looking for an office in santa cruz i would go my favorite coffee shop in santa cruz i am I'm, it's called it's called the 11th hour there's nothing like love this. that it's, name it's not just about the coffee the coffee's phenomenal but the culture in this space, the vibe is so effortlessly curated that you just want to hang out there. So I'd go there all the time and they roast their coffee there. When Braden, who I met him at this gathering up in the woods uh, birthday party for another fellow food entrepreneur, he told me that he was opening a coffee shop in Santa Cruz. And I was like, dude, there's like 10 coffee shops. There's like four or five within a quarter mile of where you're opening it. And I just didn't say anything right away. I was listening to how he was describing it. And I, in the description, I was like, I'm gonna come check this place out. And I went there and I was like, hey guys, I'm looking for an office space. I'd love it to be downtown somewhere around here. And he's like, hey, Steve, the guitar shop guy who's been there for eight years is moving out of his office. You could, you should be our neighbor. So I'm right next door to my favorite coffee shop in Santa Cruz, which I'm super stoked. Wow. I'm very excited like, to guess, come back to I'm Santa guess Cruz. We're doing a road, road trip. trip, Santa Cruz road trip, <laughs> and you, Mill Valley. You told me you were looking for, you wanted to come up and have some 
some quality experiences. I so did. We're going to create it, that for you. It's QT. Yes. I, I mean, yeah. all for J. Yeah. I, I mean, it's all. <laughs> <laughs> I needed some QT. I, I want to circle back to cacao for a second mm-hmm. because obviously, this yes shop is going to be an extension of your philosophy and your ethos. But out of all the, let's just call it delivery mechanisms, as cacao is often referred to as a delivery mechanism for these super herbs, these adaptogens, these really healthy functional ingredients. Out of all the delivery mechanisms you could have picked. Why that? Why that for nourishing people's bodies and minds? Why that for the philosophy? Why why cacao out of all the things you could have chosen? You could have chosen a million different food products to deliver these herbs, these adaptogens, and, and this philosophy of yes. Why that? Why cacao? Well, appropriate that this, that this podcast is coming out on Valentine's Day, uh, which is a day that a lot of people associate with chocolate. Yes. But that's not the only holiday. We're going to actually shelf this right back to holidays every holiday between halloween and easter Mm, yeah chocolate is a centerpiece of the holiday yep wow so there's a there's a there's good momentum there additionally i love chocolate for me it wasn't even (laughs) like i was choosing chocolate as the delivery system for me i was already chosen by chocolate Ooh. and you know because as soon as lisa Gutierrez said one night we're hanging out and she's like I'm making chocolate for my girlfriend's birthday party and I was like I'm sorry what what did you say you're making chocolate or you could just make chocolate what did tell me you know when I was growing up my my mom would go get those molds at Michael's oh yeah and then those like microwavable bags of chocolate yep yep I couldn't even now but yeah <laughs> anyways she would melt them and then we'd pour the molds and I would give them to my teachers and you know it was like Aww. how my mom would keep me in good graces with my school system that's so sweet and so I've had chocolate like embedded and I was potty trained in M&M's you know it was like <laughs> part of my life has been this chocolate <laughs> thing and so when Lisa says this to me and I was like yeah sure I'll help you we made chocolate that night I was like, that was so easy. I'm going to make chocolate every day. And being a man of my word, I basically was like, okay, I'm just going to keep making chocolate. And now eating raw chocolate, that was something that I had not experienced before. And then once that moved into the availability of wild harvested raw cacao, then there was no turning back. Even to this day, like I have yet to find a food that impacts me holistically, not just through the pleasure of the sensation of pleasure, but also just the wake up, the feeling, the relax in my body, but also I'm awake. I have been eating probably for the last 10 years, about a half a pound of chocolate a day. So it's about 150 pounds of chocolate a year. But see, I imagine that many of our listeners understand this, but just in case they don't, a lot of people think of chocolate as like a junk food. Oh, yeah. A sweet treat, a dessert. Yes, a candy. And so maybe... Maybe to them, they're thinking, what do you mean? And then there's the same kind of on, on a different spectrum as people that didn't know what chocolate looks like in a pod. Mm-hmm. They've never seen a cacao pod. They don't even know what cacao means versus chocolate or cocoa powder versus cacao. And people that have never had cacao nibs before and expect it to taste like this sweet treat. Mm-hmm. I think chocolate is so interesting because there's a lot of misconceptions around it, right? It's a lot, so a lot for of you, when you're saying that you mm-hmm. eat chocolate, you mean like you're eating cacao or you're make, you're eating like the actual chocolate product because you make it? Because I make, I'm mostly eating botanical chocolate. 
which is a term that I coined. And actually, a couple of days ago, I just got, I have the botanical chocolate on my Google search mm-hmm. reminders or yep. whatever. Yep. Um, alerts. Alerts. Exactly. Yes. Thank you, Whitney. And uh, there's a chocolate festival in Japan actually happening today on Valentine's Day. You know, because this is when everyone's listening to this. <laughs> uh, as soon as the podcast comes out, as soon as it releases, you have your notifications on for this podcast because it's it's good. It's juicy. You kind of need this in your life. Just like chocolate. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> the Their main thing, their super exciting showcase, the festival in Osaka is botanical chocolate. Whoa. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Because I, I trademarked that term like some years ago. It's how? happening. Whoa. Okay. I don't know how it's related, except for the consciousness. How do you, Justin, define botanical chocolate? What does that mean to you? So botanical chocolate is using chocolate as a delivery system for botanicals. So that could be super herbs, teas, essential oils, medicinal mushrooms, such that it's not for flavor only. It has to go beyond the flavor addition Mm -hmm. because lavender chocolate is lovely. Mm. But are we using the lavender for functionality? Actually, it's about intention and what the chocolate is being used for. So like language, our intention really comes through. Botanical chocolate has to have a functional direction or some type of benefit that's coming through beyond what a normal chocolate would be offering. Got it. It's not for flavor only. So oftentimes that means having a lot more of something, Mm. um, of turmeric, for example. You know, we're not putting a little bit of turmeric to color it. And we're not putting a little bit of turmeric so we can say there's turmeric in the bar. We're putting like 800 milligrams of 95% curcumin turmeric, which is like a fatty serving so that your body actually registers, oh, this is an anti-inflammation response. Mm -hmm. That feels nice. It's not a mental thing. It's got to be actually physically felt. Not everyone is sensitive in that same way. But chocolate versus cacao, cacao really helps with sensitivity and allowing your body to discern and learn what is a yes and what is a no. For it. So when we eat chocolate that's a commodity, mm-hmm. there's a numbing effect. There's kind of this hum, the way I, I kind of picture it is every single tree, every plant is the same. They're exchangeable. It's like this big herd of homogeny. But cacao, and the, at least the way that I I like to embrace cacao, which is through wild harvested cacao. Every single tree has a unique character with its ecosystem informing it, with certain bugs and organisms all feeding in and certain types of bees. There's such an intelligence to nature. When we're eating food that contributes to our connectedness to that intelligence, it feels really different. So, you know, one of my favorite Guru Singh adages or quotes is, I'm waiting for yours. Um, are we eating for two inches of our tongue or are we eating for the six feet of our body? That is that's, phenomenal. I, I can almost guarantee you that that's going to become one of Jason's go-to adages. Oh, that will now become part of my <laughs> adage cosmology. Because you get to Absolutely. say tongue and mouth and it's, it's so good. But it's so wonderful because what that's alluding to or what, what that elicits in me is eating for more than just the transitory pleasure of the moment, although we we respect pleasure and pleasure is important as people are withholding pleasure a lot in our society. That's a whole other subject. It's important gateway. And 
there is a lot more than just the momentary pleasure of consuming the thing. It's thinking about how is this contributing to my longevity, my contentment, uh, building my body on a cellular level, my neurotransmitters. I mean, to me, there's so much weight to that quote because it's thinking, how is this consuming this thing feeding me so that I can continue my mission on this planet? I mean, that, that's just, there's a lot of weight and that, that's a dense, beautiful adage you used thank you that's it resonates per mission right that's oh, for God, yeah. mission permission for, for mission, mission. <laughs> when you give someone permission you're saying hey, i'm for your mission which i i really i feel like everything that i'm creating be it the shop or everything that's more appropriately being created through me and i'm being inspired to push through has to have that deep permission vibe Mm-hmm. I want people to really feel safe to be themselves, which is missing in our culture right now. People, you know, wanting to conform, ignoring what's their truth. Oftentimes, or I, I feel like a lot of people don't want to conform, but are afraid. Or it's like conforming to the non-conforming right. narrative. Yeah, exactly. There's like some <laughs> weird, there's, because I, I observe this a lot. This is actually one of the reasons I really like TikTok, for example, is it's mm. it's really interesting because you get to observe a lot of people. There's so many users on TikTok and it's a huge opportunity for a psychological study, especially of people between the ages of 12 to 23 or something, right? It's like Whatever. our age. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, and then there's there's people of all ages and demographics and locations on TikTok, but there's kind of this like culture on there. And it does seem like there's a lot of people that really want to break out and not conform. But in a way, as you're saying, sometimes when you are so committed to not conforming, then you're committed to... It's kind of like you're swinging so far in the opposite direction, you might as well be conforming because you're just conforming to something else, if that makes sense, right? It's like there's there's this interesting human desire to find your own way, but sometimes they're not really finding your own way. You're kind of getting lost and thinking that you're finding your own way, but it's really just what everybody else is doing, if that makes sense. This brings up a a massive other kind of offshoot. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely witnessed this and I can see, I feel like I know where Jason's going to go with it. It's almost like there's a million versions of this. Um, I'm going to get a bunch of tattoos and piercings and be in a punk rock band and be a hardcore straight edge vegan and do suspension and I'm into BDSM and I, you know, I'm going to adopt all these animals. I'm describing myself right now. Jesus Christ. Uh, and I'm going to ride motorcycle, you know, whatever it is. Like I'm going to do all this radical stuff, quote radical stuff. And then wait, there's other like punk rock BDSM motorcycle riding. The- I'm not the only one. And then it begs the question, of this idea of unified field theory or a consciousness that exists beyond our bodies that people are tapping into that I'm not the only one who's had this idea. And there are other people into what I'm into. So how radical am I being if other people have this exact idea and are living a very similar life and are passionate about the same things? So this quest for nonconformity finds me in, quote, conformity because I'm finding all of these people into the same, quote, weird, freaky stuff that I'm into. And it's not so weird and freaky because they're into it, too, because maybe we're all tapping into this universal consciousness, God consciousness, the noosphere, as McKenna described it, like whatever you want to call it, where it's like, are there actually any original ideas or is anything actually that radical? That was a massive rant. Well, what is radical to you? 
And there's, it's also like the word mainstream, right? I, I'm not, uh, to be honest with you, I'm not sure that there's anything all that radical anymore. Or is it just that we're exposed? I mean, I think this is the other thing that happens with social media is we're exposed to so many other people. We realize that we're not that unique after all mm -hmm. in certain ways, right? It all depends how you define your uniqueness, right? We, of course, we all have our individual elements, but, but to Jason's point, Maybe, you know, all the things you just listed out, that, that combination of lifestyle is not as unique as you thought, because now you can see there's a Facebook group of a few thousand people that are into that, too. We didn't have that a few years. I mean, maybe a, a few years, ago. but a decade ago. Right. It's, it's still we relatively aware new. That, that. That's the thing. That's is, what I is mean. People being into these unique, radical proclivities. I'm the only one in my small town doing this thing. And then the world opens up and we're like, oh, there's actually a lot more people than I would have possibly even imagined being into this thing. I'm the token radical person in my right. micro community. And there's a lot of nuance to this because when I think about what is radical, when I think about being unique, first of all, there is that question of what is the drive to be unique, which I believe you guys did cover in another podcast. Yes, we did. He's, he's listening. Yes. yes wow, this is wow. wow. Justin, I research. Justin, I research. Justin. I know that podcasters research their interviewees, but I, I want to also research my podcasters. But in full disclosure, we since we don't do interviews, we don't do research. We like to just open it up and have these True. honest conversation or these authentic conversations. I wanted Anyways. to know how much envelope I could push here. Okay, that, well, you know, we want you I to push as far as you want. I Get know that you want me to push all the way and we only have... <laughs> This is a time-sensitive thing. Yes. I do really want to comment on this space of nuance and relational currency and our relationship to the character that we're creating and that contrast in who we were a moment ago and who we are becoming. That is very unique. Our relationships with each other are very unique. I think it's Jordan Harbinger. What's his name? Art of Charm guy. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, he yep. has I haven't listened to a lot of his content but one nugget that came through my consciousness was that our networks are like our fingerprints nobody has the network that you have in the way that you have it the way that you hold your relationships actually speaks a lot to your uniqueness and to really put a cherry on top of this and the, the necessity for us to really find our true voice and to be these purpose slash being in our pure pose, right? Where we're really ourselves contributing because we each have unique missions to be adding to this beautiful pyramid here. I think we're missing some tools. Our culture has been missing some tools that are super important, A, because we have the social media tools, we have technology as tools. But one of the things that's I'm glad now budding into more mainstream conversation is psychedelics. Mm -hmm. And yes. that piece of what psychedelics can do for emotional intelligence, for shifting our perspectives, it's not, yes, you can have get high and have an escapism amazing time, but we're talking about feeding the six feet of your body, same concept, same holistic relationship. And when we use psychedelics for the purpose of growth and for knowing thyself, that's going to be a huge shift when the permission goes out where it's decriminalized and beyond that mm -hmm. recognized for its therapeutic benefits, which definitely has been. At this point, there's plenty of studies and there's a big movement 
pushing through to bring psychedelic therapies and psychedelic and microdosing and bringing that into just mental health, like the same way you would go get a juice at the juice bar, being able to have access to tuned in frequencies that is coming and coming fast. And that's a really exciting piece that I think is going to be at least where chocolate is involved is going to be a great delivery system for that. And I may or may not be working on a project with that. Oh, (laughs) well, it's really interesting just to see what's happened over the past year or two with CBD. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're actually drinking a, a CBD water, you know, and now there's like all these sparkling CBD waters. And there's there's CBD and chocolates and CBD and all the you know coffees and on and on and on and that's so new and it happened so fast and it also right? happened maybe we, hopefully we learn things as we launch these substances into the legal sphere mm-hmm. you know things that were illegal that then go through gray market and then become legal because there's a lot of education around CBD that has not really been you have to dig pretty hard to find yeah. out that. Oh, there's a big difference between having CBD derived from hemp and the benefits you'd get from that versus the benefits you would get from a CBD derived from a cannabis plant. Right. And that has maybe even just the smallest amount of THC in it. Not that it's going to be psychoactive, but the pain relief benefits, Mm -hmm. there's no comparing the two. You can have Mm -hmm. a 500 milligram hemp drink and you can have a 25 milligram hemp that's derived from cannabis or CBD that's derived from cannabis. And there's no difference in that. I mean, there's no difference. There's a huge difference in that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. So uh, the education around that, which I think is also begging for people to step up and teaching the curriculum and organizing models for emotional intelligence, such that we have permission to get uncomfortable, to feel safe, to have permission. And that's also, I can see that's in a long form, that's the direction that yes and yesology goes is about teaching us to be fluid in our emotional intelligence mm. and how to also relate that to our intellectual intelligence. So I, I'll tell you guys, just I'm gonna calm I'm gonna call myself out on this. I started this year, I started 2020 with a 10-day fast, and that 10-day fast solidified so much of this momentum for this next decade. I highly recommend a uh, monitored or, you know, ease into it if you need to. But that was a really potent clarifier mm-hmm. of how all of these things are coming together and what my role is in it. So it's been really fun. Mm-hmm. Also, people are addicted to food and you don't know that until you don't right. eat food for 10 days. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. The cleanses are, are, teach you a lot about yourself. And I love that you are on such a journey to not only learn about yourself, but then to support other people and learning about themselves. And that's, that's the basis of this podcast is really talking about what we're going through and, and hoping that it inspires somebody else to think differently and to try something else out and to s- seek out some new information. And it's... It's really amazing to to chat chat with you and hear all of these things. It seemed like even Jason didn't know about you. And how long have you guys known each other? I met Justin at a Cinco de Mayo party <laughs> in 2009 <laughs> at the house wow. he lived at in the Hollywood Hills. 
and I brought some raw chocolate brownies with he was syrup. making with the syrup and he was making his chocolate and we instant I mean it was it was one of those meetings that it was an <laughs> instant bond one of those in my opinion rare instances where you're like oh this human being is going to be in my life and here we are you know 11, almost 11 years later and I think that this mission that we talk about it reminds me of a Ramdas quote here it comes. Giving love to Ramdas, right? Who recently left his body, Richard Alpert. That we're all just walking each other home. Mm-hmm. And that the resources and wisdom you have, and Whitney and I, and, and all, dear listeners, obviously, if you're attracted to this podcast and just Justin's wonderful work in Yesology, there's a similar mission in sharing the resources, the wisdom, and the love to walk each other home. Mm-hmm. I really deeply believe that. And I strongly feel there needs to be a part two. Mm-hmm. That coming up to Santa Cruz to celebrate the opening. What if the part two is recorded in? Yeah. <laughs> we're actually. I already know what she's going to say. We're going to have a podcast set up at the shop. So come bring your equipment and we'll have an equipment. Great. We'll have wires crossed everywhere. It'll Excellent. Be because there, there's tentacles and, and <laughs> tangential streams that, that I have placeholders in my brain that I want to jump down even more rabbit holes with you. But I think the perfect opportunity is a road trip back to Santa Cruz. Yep. At, do you have a name for this, the establishment? Well, the sign on the front of the shop says Yes Cacao. It has since we moved in there. I think just keeping it Yes Cacao, it's, it's a, a really beloved brand. Yeah. And Indeed. we'll have Yes Cacao. We're, we're taking a, a little bit of a left turn after investing buku dollars in branding, but not having raised enough money to see the branding all the way through into the marketplace. It's just kind of the timing of how it happened, which is a whole nother lesson set of being an entrepreneur and wanting to leap forward, but also needing to keep feet planted. Also knowing that promises are not real until the money's in the bank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just That just doesn't always, yep. you know, so we can plan and plan, but until it's in there. So I basically have this fully branded, epic unveil of Yes Cacao that's just sitting on a shelf waiting. And then what we're doing, and I need this grassroots for my soul, and I need to be able to touch people and talk to people directly, is I'm actually going all the way back, which is not back, which is forward, uh, and starting to do farmer's markets and having this amazing um, shop so I can be doing festivals? basically demos, doing festivals. <gasps> Remember, we saw you at Lightning in a Bottle years ago. Uh-huh. Like 2013. Yep. Yep. Oh, yep. Baby. Yep. So back to the future. We're doing a Back to the Future tour. Excellent. And, the, and like the, the bars are literally going to be in like white envelopes with stamps on them. Like I'm just taking it all the way to as simple of its essence as possible. As long as you keep that karma owl flavor. Yeah, the golden chocolate. Man, now called <gasps> brain power. Now called brain power. Aww, I feel a little sad. The owl's still there. Okay, good. As long as the owl's there. And upgraded. That's important. The owl has like a whole like coat, like what's well, wing opens, and there's this whole Merkaba, like and, st- and this Whoa. whole thing just beaming out. Okay, okay. It's as long happening. as as long as the owl's Excellent. there, good. Well, Mr. Justin Polgar, the yes, minister of Mr. chocolate. Jason Robel, the Thank one you. and only. Thank you for being Ms. with us. Ms. Whitney Lordson. <laughs> such a delicious pleasure. It's such a such an auspicious meeting with you always. And uh, part two will be coming soon. For more on this incredible human being and his chocolate exploits and his yesology, uh, you can check out the show notes at wellevator.com, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. 
Yes Cacao, the website, Yes Cacao on all of the social media. Get this man's chocolate, put it in your mouth, experience it in your being because it is a transformative experience and I do not use that terminology lightly. So for uh, more of our exploits, we are on the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram, the TikTok at Wellevator, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R. Lots of dancing. Maybe we can uh, reshare Jason's decisions. I, I want to play that for you. Can we? Let's just play that on camera so we can. I mean, on as we're recording. We're doing a meta. Oh, yeah. meta. Are we really going to yes. do that right now? <laughs> because I love wow, this. we're meta. It's meta. a really good way to end. I also, nope. while you're pulling it up, I want to do a. I'm going to give an invitation out to our listeners here. Please do. The power of the word yes. I want so badly and so goodly and so deeply for you to feel and register the power of the word yes. And something that I. I did for several years was when I woke up in the morning, the very first word that I came, that I opened my eyes and I just said, yes. So I invite you listeners to program that into the start of your day and just see how saying yes, the very front bumper of your day shifts the way your brain kickstarts. So that. open your day with a yes. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to start feel, that in the morning. Yeah. In this very hotel room. Yep. We're doing I'm doing it tomorrow <laughs> too. I already decided. <laughs> okay, speaking of de- making decisions, you ready for wackiness? I hope I didn't I didn't uh, build this up too much and but I just the more I watch this, the weirder it gets and the more delightful it becomes. Even better. Plug me in. <laughs> That is an amazing analogy for what all of us are going through all the time. First single on TikTok. First single on TikTok. Every time I hear the word decisions, I, I think of that. The little video in the decision song. I make a lot of jingles, J-Po. I a lot hear of jingles. That. That's such I, a good genre for you. Yep, agree. Yeah, I feel like I could own the jingle genre. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I, I 2020. I feel like I'm gonna extend those vines Wait, into that. Can you? Okay. A jingle for Yes Cacao. Let's Done. do it right now. Right now. Yep, on the spot. If you wake up and you got a frown, better get your body some of Yes Cacao. Whether you're in past or in the future, better get your ass right here and now. Yes Cacao, Yes Cacao, baby hit a door and a plug in and now. Yes Cacao, oh, 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 Yes Cacao. Yes. <laughs> I literally just pulled that square out of my ass. <laughs> I felt the vibration of creativity. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> All my, I have a dermal, an epidermal experience. The right look now. on your face I'm was amazing. I'm glad to exfoliate you with my tune. But that, you judge up me very good. When you that. when you do your next version, you have to like integrate the owl and all the little characters. No, I feel I feel I, I will I will I will work on something. There's we have many. plenty of opportunity to play. Many. Yeah. Many. Excellent. Yes. Dual J, I love you. All I right. love you, Dual J. Thank you for being here with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Such a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today. For show notes and more high-performance resources to help you thrive, go to wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com.